I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dustin Hutchinson, President of security services firm Pandorance, about some of the escalating cyber threats and challenges facing the healthcare sector as entities battle the COVID-19 crisis. So Dustin, for starters, as you work with healthcare sector organizations during the COVID-19 crisis, what kinds of escalating cyber challenges are they facing? And how well prepared are they to deal with these challenges, especially while they're also responding to the pandemic? So it's been interesting continuing that mission to care for patients, the expected potential influx of patients, and then everyone's own personal changes to their ability to work and where they're working from has been a really interesting situation. So remote work is the obvious change from the, the cyber standpoint. The existing infrastructure plus potentially needing to add the capacity for those additional remote workers has been a real change from the risk management and, and cybersecurity standpoint. And then plus the downstream effect of their vendors also having to shift to this remote work mentality. It's definitely changed kind of the threat surface and how they're responding has really been quick, but that's potentially part of the problem from the, the risk management and cybersecurity standpoint. Um, and it's been tough. And so we've talked to a lot of clients and prospects and connections in the industry about what they're doing. And so it's not saying, all right, smaller entities are having a harder time and larger entities are well equipped for this. It's really across the board different based on you know where that organization is in their cybersecurity maturity of their program. So in in addition to where they are in their cybersecurity program, do you notice many differences also based on where they're based geographically, if they're in a hotspot right now and they're dealing with a lot of the actual COVID pandemic cases that their resources are any more stretched thin than, say, in a region where maybe things are not as dire right now? Definitely, right? I mean, just even from the, the caregiver perspective of who's doing what and when, and, you know, the hot spots are, are definitely getting hit the hardest. But on the inverse, kind of the unexpected effect, especially critical access or, or rural hospitals, where they're seeing a huge drop in people coming in, like to the emergency room, for example. You know, I spoke to a CFO the other day where they said they expected this influx of patients and people that would normally come in because they have chest pain or some other issues aren't. And so, you know, that whole shift has been interesting to watch also from the technology standpoint, where the actual staffing of, of entities and staffing of IT forces and the expect- expectations of those third-party vendors doing whatever they're doing, you weren't able to really trend out or imagine what was actually going to happen. So now, Dustin, ransomware has been a big problem for healthcare sector entities even prior to COVID-19. What are you seeing in terms of these kinds of attacks right now? Are entities even less prepared to deal with these attacks since they're busy right now with COVID-19? Are they more inclined to pay because they're dealing with so much right now? What is the situation that you're seeing? So we were really hopeful in the beginning We saw a couple of um, posts by some of these ransomware actors that said they were not going to target healthcare entities. That ultimately ended up not being true. So we have seen that influx. Uh, One of the biggest is the the maze ransomware, which is initially observed in May 2019. And it's different because the cycle is encrypt, exfiltrate, and extort. 
and where they you know have a public outing of those targeted companies if they don't pay, which does lead to more of an incentive to pay right off the bat. You know, they've got to be able to get back to work as soon as possible. And then plus the added pain of extortion is something that, you know, healthcare entities just can't deal with right now. So it's sad that this is happening, but the bad guys are opportunistic, right? They're after that quick payment. And so they're attacking the most vulnerable on purpose. And back to the whole shift in the infrastructure and how people are connecting to these these networks, they're less prepared than ever. The The attack service has, has definitely changed and it's, it's expanded. And then so with more remote access and allowing that more and more to actually get work done, it's created more of a, a vulnerable organization than ever before. So Dustin, with that all said, what are the additional security steps that these organizations need to take in order to stay ahead of these latest threats what are some of the things that might be on the back burner right now just because they're dealing with so many other issues? Yeah, so I, I think focusing on streamlining their risk management practice is really going to be key. So most of the organizations or the entities that we come in contact with have some risk management program that leads to operational cyber activities or cybersecurity activities. And so I think really understanding, you know, how do you continue the mission on? And so healthcare entities still need to implement new systems. They still need to patch and they need to update, but they have this new caveat that that's in their world. And this is their, their workforces spread out. So really understanding from not just the pure governance standpoint, but from the critical steps, those critical controls that need to happen in fast tracking that as much as possible, not just shoehorning systems in and saying, all right, we've got this pandemic we have to deal with. It's saying we've got this pandemic we have to deal with, but we still care about cybersecurity. So what can we do to fast track that as much as possible? So you, you had someone on a couple of weeks ago, Brenda Ferraro, talked about governance and measurement versus risk management and incident response. And so I want to echo some of those same concepts and ideas and think about the timelines related to implementing new technology um, or even allowing this you know new remote access. So getting down and understanding you know, maybe it's not the hundred some controls that are in the, the NIST cybersecurity framework, but really understanding, you know, multi-factor authentication, encryption at rest and encryption in transit, and then how accounts are managed, but also the cybersecurity practices of that vendor, uh, whether they have remote access or not, is really, really key. And then backing that up with, do we have risk management steps towards incident response? Do we know when something bad does happen? How are we going to respond in this new world? I think is really key right now more than ever. So, Dustin, we're also seeing shortages of some medical devices, including ventilators. What's your advice to healthcare sector entities if they're suddenly forced to use equipment that's been either loaned to them from other facilities or equipment that they need to purchase from sources that they really haven't dealt with much before? What are the cybersecurity risks in doing this? And what steps should they be taking to address those and other medical device-related security issues as they're dealing with COVID-19? In that situation, I really think treating the devices as needed but not trusted is key. So nearly assuming compromise. And so when you assume compromise, you don't necessarily want that commingled with the, the rest of your network. So network segmentation is going to be step number one. And then monitoring is step number two. 
And so the idea is that when you assume that compromise, but you know you still need to use the system, you're not going to let it come in everywhere else. You're going to, and then you're going to watch it very, very closely. And so back to the incident response cycle, you know, going in with that assumption and saying, all right, we're going to watch this and we're going to be really vigilant on what's happening, but you still need to know what happens next. So prioritizing that. These are systems that from a risk standpoint, they are potentially more risky right off the bat. So bumping that up to the top of the list to watch and understand how they're working, I think is really important. And Dustin, finally, if there was one step that you would like to see healthcare sector entities at this point in time to take that is overlooked or perhaps underutilized, what would that be right now to get it, stay ahead of the threats that they're facing as they're dealing with this crisis? I really think network monitoring is key right now. So understanding what's happening and you know, no one's infrastructure is baselined. You, you don't know what the normal is. And so watching now more than ever of where the data is flowing is really important. Understanding that as much as possible, but then as things shrink and compress back down to normal, keeping that practice in place and, and continually rebaselining what is a normal behavior of our network and then that makes it easier back to that whole incident response cycle of when something does happen that you're quick to action. Thanks, Dustin. I've been speaking to Dustin Hutchinson of Pondorans. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.